Northwest Christian School Online provides online Christian education for any students ranging from kindergarten to 10th grade. The tuition is fully covered through the state of Arizona's ESA program and is affordable for families out of state. You can count on NCS Online for a rigorous, proven online program that establishes a robust biblical worldview for all students. For more information, go to ncsonline.org. That's ncsonline.org. Could original sin be for real? Following Jesus should cost us everything. Jesus had to be tortured, beaten, crucified for my sins. That's unfair. If it has it, you're following the wrong Jesus. Folks, welcome to Kingdom Culture Conversations. It's Monday, April the 10th, and we've got a we've got a special episode of Kingdom Culture Conversations today because I am joined in the international podcasting headquarters of Kingdom Culture Conversations by three individuals that are deeply invested in three different missions efforts that are unfolding at Northwest Christian School and students that are invested in on the ground, online, uh, frameworks, flex, uh, all these students have an opportunity to participate. And, and we want to give our listeners a little bit of the sense of the opportunities today. But in so doing, I have invited to the podcast our friends Hillary Schrock, Hello. Lindsay Schlesinger, and Talia Collins. But we're going to start today with, with Hillary Schrock. Hillary, welcome. Thanks for coming. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Yeah, so you are this summer, well, let's back up. You are the American Sign Language teacher at Northwest Christian School, a role that, that you've had for how long now? This is my sixth year here. Wow, yeah. okay, super. And you, you're just doing an amazing job of oh, galvanizing interest, and students that are in our sign language program are so excited, and they just, they've developed such a heart yeah. for for hearing impaired and, and deaf individuals. Yeah, our deaf culture... Or our, our deaf community here in Phoenix, uh, we've developed quite the relationship, especially post-COVID, now that we can actually have interactions and do deaf meetups and things like that. And so the kids have really um, taken on what started as a classroom assignment and built community. And yeah, talk a little bit about that. How, how do our students engage the deaf community? In what ways? And you've been very creative over the last <laughs> couple of years in so doing. Can you give yeah. us a couple of examples? Um, so... Within the class, uh, in order to be able to use their language outside of the classroom and to make it more than just, you know, a, a class, they're required to go to deaf meetups. And so um, around the Valley, there are meetups that happen on a weekly basis where deaf people can come together and congregate. And so everything is done in ASL. Um, but they're also very welcoming to students or people that are just curious or learning or whatever. So it's a safe place for them to come and engage um, with actual deaf people um, and get to practice their language. So whether they're sitting as a wallflower and just kind of they've introduced themselves and they're taking it all in or if they're more advanced and they're really jumping into it and they can actually have relationship and they've developed friendships. And so like um, with our Happy Hands Club, we have invited our group of our, our, that our deaf friends. Yeah, From a Napoleon <laughs> it's, the, Dynamite. it's the ASL Happy Hands Club. <laughs> we knew everybody would go there, so we just decided not to fight it. Um, but anyway, so like we have uh, we have events about once a month. And so we open it up to our, our deaf friends. And so they come. And so then kids on campus, whether they're in sign language or not, are able to experience that and build that relationship. And so it's just been really awesome. And the reason I think that's so powerful is because you, you fully embrace this notion that school is not just about academics, especially Christian education. Absolutely. There's that, that counterpart where you're, you're increasing compassion and empathy in students and really giving them a sense of mission. Yeah. 
And it's that sense of mission that, that has come to fruition in it's a glorious way. Yeah. <laughs> so we have at the school, we have a campaign called Build Here, Build There. And the, the first part of that, Build Here, is this ongoing capital campaign in which we are building a series of buildings and making some fairly significant improvements to our campus. But that's not what we're talking about today. We're talking about the Build Their part. And in in keeping with Christian education, this notion that life is not about us, it's about the larger community, it's about serving God's perfect purposes in the kingdom, Uh, we have done something kind of interesting. We've taken a portion of every dollar that comes in through Build Here, Build There, and we designate first the portion to the, the project that's taking place on the campus, but then we take a percentage of the funds that come in and we commit them to different missions opportunities where our students are invested. And the first one we want to talk about today is our partnership with the City of Joy in Rwanda. And you went there for the first time this last summer. You're headed there again in just a few weeks. Can you talk about, yeah, how did that come together? Where did that project, in your heart, where did it spring from? What brought you here? Um, so as far as my going to City of Joy or yep. just, okay. So um, I, for those that don't know, I have a severe airborne peanut allergy. Now, so I don't typically make for a good traveler because I freak people out and I use my EpiPen and whatever. Um, so I didn't have a passport until literally last November. Um, but anyway, the Coughlins were really good friends with them. And John Coughlin runs City of Joy from the state side. And they had taken their kids and um, the summer before. And while they were there, they were talking and... Um, his d- oldest daughter was talking about how she just finished her first year of sign language. And they're like, oh, wait, you you know sign language? And she was like, well, yeah, I mean, I've taken one year. And they're like, well, we have a, we have a deaf school within walking distance. Now, I'm just going to say within walking distance in Rwanda versus walking distance in the United States, a little bit different perspective. It's about three miles, and it, somehow it's uphill both ways, but it's fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> so anyway, they actually got to go to the school and meet the students and engage with them and Shekinah was able to introduce herself and introduce the people in the group and the kids were over the moon at the fact that people came and they came with the intent of seeing their group now that might not sound like a big deal but it's a it's a school for disabilities that has a deaf program and so there's about 40 students that are just there because they're deaf there's nothing else wrong with them they just can't hear and so therefore within the country and the language barriers they are disabled and so when they said, you know, nobody comes to see us, missionaries come to the school all the time. It's a teaching hospital attached to it. So people are always on campus, but nobody ever comes with the intention of seeing the deaf. Nobody speaks their tongue. No, yeah, nobody speaks their language. There's only one one adult on campus that fluently signs. None of the teachers can sign with them. So everything is, you know, writing back and forth and lip reading. All the students sign, but none of the adults can. And so, again, they're seen but not seen. They're seen but not heard. And so anyway, it just broke John's heart. And so they came home and we're having dinner with them afterwards. And we're like, so tell us all about the trip. How amazing was it? And they're like, it was incredible. You have to go and teach. And I was like, that's so funny. That's not a thing. <laughs> and they're like, no, 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 no. We know it has to be you. And I was like, yeah, no, I, I don't think it is. And he's like, God doesn't do coincidences. There's no way that this need would be there. We would have resources for the need and that you would have the heart and the compassion to be able to help these people. And so we're like, okay, well, we'll pray about it. And so then um, ran into our good friend, Lauren Waymeyer, and we were telling her about it. And she said, you know, I I just want to share with you that 
as Christians, we oftentimes view things as, you know, okay, God, open the door if you want me to do this. Open the door if you want me to do this. And she said, and I was recently in a Bible study where the message was, the door is always open and God will shut it if you're on the wrong path. And so maybe that's the way you need to view this. Wow, powerful. And I was like, wow, I have never heard that before. I'd never thought about it in that way. And so we're like, okay. So she's like, I think you need to start walking forward. And so I was like, okay. So we did. And then I don't even know if you remember this, but I ran into you at high school camp and I just said, I want to put a bug in your ear. I think I'm supposed to go to Rwanda with a group of students and teach sign language. I just want you to pray about it. And you're like, absolutely you are. And I was like, wait a minute. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so anyway, God just flung all the doors so wide open. Everything in my heart that I thought would be an obstacle, God was like, that's so funny. That's that's not even something to consider. Um, So whether it was my allergies or, you know, the COVID uh, restrictions, things like nothing, nothing was a problem for God. And so we went. I ended up having my whole family with me which was a huge blessing, and I was able to take seven of my ASL students, my advanced students, and just to watch them engage with the students there, it, it was such a blessing on both parts. And our Build Here, Build There plan is is having, so not only are we sending students and faculty to, you know, and because that's another part of this, is we've got faculty mm-hmm. that are going over and helping the teachers to grow professionally, Correct. doing some training and teaching and whatnot. But we're also sending a portion of the proceeds from the Build Here, Build There campaign to have an impact on their campus. We're Correct. literally building there. Do you know what the project is they're invested in there? So at City of Joy, um, it's really incredible because they, God has just blessed the relationship there so much and what they're doing. And so, you know, it started out as, you know, like the elementary kind of primary school, then all the way through sixth grade. Now they're actually getting ready to open up their secondary. And so the funds that we're providing are helping to build buildings so that way they can house more students. Because so basically like their junior high and high school. Correct, correct. Yeah. So um, this past summer, the money that came in was used to do kind of like a multi-purpose um, community-type building, um, which is fantastic because our relationship with Gatagra, which is the school that has the, the deaf, they don't really have a space for us to be able to meet together and to do things without it just being like a whole school. Everybody wants to see what's going on. Um, and so by them having this kind of like multi-purpose space, now when we go, we're going to be helping at City of Joy Love in the it. morning and interacting with the students and doing, you know, dental health and hygiene and sign language and music and all those kinds of things with the hearing kids at Joy in the morning. And then in the afternoon when we get to um, work with the deaf students, the plan is that they'll get to come over and use that multi-purpose building and we get to bridge the two communities together because the kids are so curious about each other. They see each other out and about but don't really know what to do with each other. And so this will give us a chance to kind of build a bridge within the community. So even when we're not there, they can be helping each other out and learning from each other. And then now, because the school has been so successful and doing so well, they're actually opening up their secondary, which is like their their high school, if you will. And so they're in the process of building or raising the funds to build that building. Um, because in Rwanda, you have to show that you have the means to support the classrooms and the labs and all that stuff before they'll give you your certification to do that. So no question, God is using this partnership to impact what's happening on the ground there 100%. In, a, in a powerful way. But talk about the impact in the lives of our students, the students that we send from from the U.S. that go there. What does that look like? How is how is that trip transformational for them? Um, you know, it's been transformational in a lot of ways, I would say, but um, you know, just seeing their confidence grow in who they are as as people, as Christians, as world travelers, as um, being well-rounded young adults, um, it's been really empowering for them, I would say. Mm-hmm. 
some of the kids just to see them to come out of their shell and be kind of these wallflowers that you didn't really know where, where are they at? What are they thinking? And now, you know, they're, they're leaders and things. And that's, that's so awesome. Um, Haley Belesta went with me last year. She's going again this year and is so on fire for it. And it's just incredible to see. Um, Sarah Huss went last year. And so she's not able to go with us this year, which I'm super bummed about. But she's not going because, because she's going on world mission. or Is that what it's called? The world race. World race. Thank yep. you. And so for nine months, she's going to be traveling, traveling the world on missions, going to four different countries and serving um, and again, you know, is it our trip specifically that, that sent her on that path? I don't know, but it sure is helping give her the confidence to know what to expect and want to get out there and do those yeah. things. And so, you know, it's just helping the kids to really want to uh, put what they're learning here at NCS into action and be the literal hands and feet, whether it's out in our community here or out in the community halfway around the world. And so it's awesome. Well, Haley, that is amazing. Just unbelievable and so thankful that you're you're invested there. I want to turn our attention now to Talia Collins. Talia, you have how many times have you been to the Kids Kingdom Orphanage in Church in Imuris, Sonora? I've been about fifteen times. Fifteen times. Mm -hmm. Okay. Fantastic. Do you remember your very first trip? Yes. What was that like? Um, so I went on the day trip in eighth grade. Um, and that was a super special time. The day trips are very quick. Yeah. And so you just get to go and visit and meet new friends. It was so much fun. Just lots of laughter and play. Yeah, we leave at like 5 a.m. We drive Basically, we drive down. It's around Christmas time, generally about a week before Christmas. And we throw a big Christmas party. Yeah. And that was your very first trip. That was huh? my first trip. Wow. Yeah. So much fun. And then and then since that time you've just continued to go. So since eighth grade, mm -hmm. you're now a junior. So between eighth grade and your junior year, you've gone fifty that's like five times a year. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Yeah, so much fun. Well, talk a little bit about these trips. Talk a little bit about what you know about Kids Kingdom, mm -hmm. the orphanage in, in Emory Sonora, which is about forty five minutes south of Nogales, which is, is about three hours south of, of Phoenix proper. Um, talk to us about what is it that you love about Kids Kingdom so much? Yeah, I think I love um, the leaders of the Kids Kingdom Orphanage. They do such a good job of just showing God's love and just amazing work in the community. Um, so it is an orphanage, but it's also a church. And so it's just a center for so many people from the community. Um, they just provide meals or just um, share the love of Jesus. We've put on VBSs for the whole community so just it's a really like beautiful light for jesus in the community yeah and the the the, the owners of the the ministry arturo and lilia mm -hmm. um they always use this phrase and you know what it is don't you what it's sure. god is on the move yes god is on the move they're constantly saying god is on the move and what i love about this place is that it's that movement that that move of god is not just happening in the lives of of the people on the ground there, it's happening in the lives of our students. Can you mm -hmm. talk about what what has this trip meant for you as a student? How has it grown you? And then two, you've got friends that go, you've got a whole community of people that, that rally around this trip. What kind of what kind of impact is it having in their lives? Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, so going to this orphanage, it has like been one of the most influential things in my life because it has shown me. Um, more about God's love and then how I can like reflect that on other like to other people so yeah just it has grown me so much in the way I'm able to love and able to serve and so I know a lot of people love to go and me included because 
you get to experience God's love so easily and so freely, just um, connecting with the kids and um, Lilia and Arturo and so many people, just the love of God is so evident. And then coming back to um, life at school or at work, you can, it fills you up. I think a lot of people go like, it's refreshing to just be in that presence of God. Yeah. Love it. Love it. I love, and I think that that point you, you raised there at the end is incredible because I think when we go to Mexico or Costa Rica or Rwanda, we kind of l- let down our guard and we love a little bit more easily. We mm-hmm. allow others to love us a little bit more uh, plentifully. But when we come back, sometimes that guard gets raised again. We revert back to our pre-trip selves Yet I see the more frequently our students go, the more they experience it, their pre-trip self is transformed mm-hmm. into their post-trip self more regularly, more thoroughly. And I love that. That's definitely true for you. Now, part of this this podcast episode is we are asking for folks, as we get ready to go this summer to Rwanda, to Costa Rica, to Mexico, we're asking for folks to to donate certain items. And, you know, I people always ask, hey, do we extend our hand too often at Northwest Christian? And, and my answer is no. I think that radical giving, sacrifice, are a routine part of the Christian disciplines that God would have us to develop in our lives. So I have no trouble whatsoever putting this invitation out there to our community. In the show notes, there's going to be a link to a whole bunch of items that Talia and Hillary and Lindsay, who we'll hear from in just a minute, are taking with them down to Mexico, over to Rwanda and to Costa Rica. And so take a look at those things. And if you have the opportunity to, to have um, maybe you and your family just swing by Target this weekend, or or maybe you get on Amazon uh, if you live outside of the Phoenix area and just send these items to the school because these are items that will wind up on the mission field supplementing uh, the very good work that the folks you're hearing from today are doing. So consider that prayerfully. But, Lindsay, let's turn to you now. You are the French teacher at Northwest Christian School, but you are going to a Spanish-speaking nation this summer you're you're hoping God to has lead a sense of humor he does <laughs> i guess they're romantic you know based languages so there's some help yeah uh, some affiliation but it, it was a little bit you know you're not going to even rwanda i think they speak french you're not uh, going yeah. to toronto of course you're going to Costa. Rica. how did that come to be how did this trip come to be for you and your family and then your affiliation and association with leading it through the school so lot a, a dream I've always had for our family was that we would go on a mission trip together before our daughter graduated last year. And then last spring, someone from our church called and asked if our my husband and I would go. And we said, we'll go if our kids can go, too, mm. which they were very receptive to. And so um, we've seen Jackson has gone to Mexico, I think, like 10 times. And we just see he's always like, Mom. You feel God different there. It's just different. And so every time he comes back, there's such a powerful change. And Abigail was able to go with him um, last year as well. And so that I was like, I want to go and see what is different. And so we went last summer with a team from our church, and it was just the most powerful, best vacation we've ever done serving God together. And so while we were down there, G had told me to just kind of keep my eyes open. Like, would this be something we want to do as students? And halfway through the trip, I emailed him and I said, I want to bring kids back this year. And so we're taking a team of 12 or 13 kids back this year. 
in wow. Costa Rica. So it'll be awesome. And, and our partnership through Build Here, Build There is, mm -hmm. is with an organization called the Hope Centers. Correct. Can you describe the work that they do? What what exactly does a Hope Center, and, and I think in San Juan there are now two Hope Centers. So they're yeah, working they're on the Yeah, they're in the process of, so when we were there last year, they drove us by the site that they were going to be building on. And I just talked to Ashley the other day. They're kind of in the cement phase. So oh, their walls are starting to be there. It won't be open when we're there this summer, um, but they are definitely in process. They're the only country that will have two Hope Centers in it. Oh. Um, so. so what is a Hope Center? So a Hope Center is a, an area for, they kind of focus on two things, rescue, rescuing kids and families um, from poverty, and then their other focus is transformation. And so they rescue families and they feed them, and they feed every day. Families, moms come and get food for their kids. Um, and then transformation is where they do English lessons, they do Awanas with them, they, they partner with a church and do discipleship. So every kid that's getting food is also getting spiritual food. So they don't just focus on one area they focus on both so. yeah and these are i mean the thing that's humbling about our partnership here is these are some fairly desperate situations that oh, these kids yeah. are being rescued from i've, I've heard sex trafficking for uh sure. kids that have been abandoned just because their families can no longer afford uh to care for a larger family it's just some of these situations are just tragic but yeah, to have a place like this is amazing we were just told we're going to be working with fifth and sixth grade, which is kind of the end of the educational process for most kids. Mm -hmm. At that point, they're needed to go support the family. So most kids go into trafficking of children or drugs or whatever, wow. or they pursue school. But most of them don't have the option to pursue school. So yeah. we're going to be with that age group, which is awesome. And talk about the impact. You know, So there's, there's definitively an impact that Hope Centers are having in the lives of these of these kids, these mm -hmm. nationals. But what's happening in the lives, and, and I love you can give the perspective from a mom. Yeah. You know, what, what happens in the in the lives of your students, your kids, yeah. when, they're, when they're on the ground there? Yeah, our daughter, when we were there last summer, she, the last night she was like, I don't wanna go home, mm -hmm. I wanna stay here. And so um, they have an internship program, so she was like, I, I'm coming back next summer. And you know, your kids say that, and you think, well, we'll see what, what you think next year but she is going back so she'll be serving there for 10 weeks this summer wow so she'll be an intern in a hope center with i think eight other kids from so U as you US. travel down there you'll have the opportunity she'll to be see there when we're there okay. yeah so that will be cool um but she she was so impacted by her time there that she was like i want to work with these kids all summer love it so that's what well we'll Lindsay. Hillary, Talia, thank you guys for, for the work that you're doing. It's there's there's a certain level of sacrifice that's associated with a trip like this. You you do mm -hmm. the fundraising. Uh, this isn't exactly a vacation to to San Diego we're talking about here. This is hard, hard work and you're doing the work of the kingdom. So thank you for doing it. And folks, again, if you have the opportunity in the show notes today, there is a list of items that will be will be collecting. And I can assure you these items, once they're dropped off in the offices at Northwest Christian School, their next stop will be in Rwanda. It'll be in Costa Rica or in Mexico where it'll have a life-changing effect. So please consider doing that. But guys, thanks for joining us today. Thank you very much. A lot of fun. And, and uh, folks, thank you for joining us today on Kingdom Culture Conversations. Take care.
Northwest Christian School has made biblical worldview online courses available to all high school students for transcript credit, regardless of whether they attend public school, private school, charter school, or homeschool. Frameworks is an exciting new initiative utilizing the learning management system of Grand Canyon University. For more information, visit BibleClassesForPublicSchools.com.